Hey, all you sportsmen and sportswomen, I'm Justin Geike, and this is Chase Outdoors, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on another week, another episode, talking about all kinds of topics related to the hunting and fishing industry. We are coming to you from North Central Wisconsin. I'm sitting here in the Chase Outdoors man cave, and we are sponsored by my grandmother and her endless supply of applesauce. But it's an exciting time of year. Here we are in in mid-March, and there's a lot of enthusiasm in the, in the sky. One is we're just sick and tired of winter. Let's cut and dry it. No more snow, no more cold. Let's bring on the good stuff. And... I woke up this morning and I felt like Greta Thunberg, like, you've stolen my childhood. We've done such a good job of melting so much snow. We came up to a, a wintry wonderland once again uh, this morning, which just is just soul crushing at this point. But perspective is everything. The truth be told is actually a beautiful morning here. And with these rising temperatures, we know that this snow is going to be gone very quickly. And uh, we'll be back in tank tops in, in no time. But... The enthusiasm is high for a lot of different reasons. One is spring's coming. Everyone is just chomping at the bit to get out and do some walleye fishing here on the river. The spawn is going to be coming at us here in a few weeks. And, and guys have been out for several weeks and are having success. And we'll talk about that later. Another thing is too, is a lot of people are really excited for turkey hunting. Should be an awesome spring. We're going to break that down. And then also too, is my encouragement to not give up on the winter sports just quite yet. Ice fishing is here. Ice fishing is great, and it's going to be good over the next several weeks, and that's going to be the compass of our show today. I want to take a second and uh, thank you for joining us the last couple weeks. I hope you enjoyed our special guests. Uh, I was very grateful to have Jared and Ruthie Lyle from Hunt and Fool and Zenit Ground Blinds on. I thought they did a great job. They're awesome people, and now because of uh, that podcast, I spent more time using the Hunt and Fool app. Man, what an awesome, awesome deal that is as I start to go through and plan uh, and execute the application process some of our upcoming hunts. And we'll do that in a later episode, uh, but so far we have um, we have our Wisconsin whitetail season, of course. I've got a bear tag for this year. We're doing uh, Montana mule deer. We're doing um, Wyoming mule deer. So we've got a really packed uh, big game uh, fall coming up ahead of us, and I'm really excited about that. But Back to what we've got going on right now in this show. Oh, and I forgot to say, too, we also, another big thank you to Jake Orvets from Ken Jeffries & Associates. Uh, Jake, I've known for a long time as a vendor rep uh, here, in, uh, the, here in the store uh, for a lot of different brands, but now predominantly uh, the, the Primos, B3, B-Stinger, uh, Gold Tip line. So it was really great having that uh, industry viewpoint on the podcast coming uh, to you guys from Reno, Nevada in the National Archery Buyers Association show. So it was really neat to get that kind of different taste, different flavor, different guests on the show as opposed to guys just kind of listening to me ramble on, which I super appreciate. But if you guys enjoyed that um, or you've got any feedback, please, by all means, always this podcast is designed for you guys, uh, your entertainment, hopefully to provide you with some some feedback, some experience and knowledge to equip you with the opportunity to go be successful uh, in the woods and on the water. So if you've got any comments, by all means, please post those uh, down below. Like and follow this podcast. It, it does mean the world to us as we try to expand the excitement and the passion of this great sport. And speaking of passion and excitement, we had... Really a pretty awesome experience a few weeks ago. I um, I haven't been able to ice fish as much as I have in the past. A um, couple different reasons for that. One, 
being a business owner takes up uh, an exorbitant amount of time. Last year, I didn't ice fish at all because I had some severe injury related to my degenerative disc disease in my back, which I am so grateful to report has been just awesome lately. My therapy over the last year has been great. Um, my chiropractor has been uh, like a dark magic elf that has done just wonders for me. And also to just spending a lot of time back, you know, in the gym and things have, have helped strengthen and condition. So I'm grateful. And it's, it's really nice to be back ice fishing. It's something I've always loved uh, to do. But one thing I don't love is negative 30 degree temperatures. And I don't love deep, nasty, thick, slushy snow that you can't navigate with an ATV. And I don't particularly like unsafe ice conditions. And that is a lot of what we've dealt with uh, here over the last year or over the winter, excuse me. But that has all changed now. Now that we've had this increase in temperatures, which has has knocked down the snowpack, and then the cold temperatures to refreeze it, in a lot of places, what we still have are are the actually the best ice conditions that we've had all winter. And we had a beautiful day a couple weeks ago where it was was nearly fifty degrees. Maybe it did hit fifty. And I had one of those rare days off and I hadn't uh, gotten to do anything like father and son in, in several weeks. So so Chase and I headed up to the north woods of Minocqua. And if you guys aren't from the Wisconsin area and, and you love fishing, if, if you don't make a trip to Minocqua at some point uh, in your life or just north central Wisconsin in general, you're really cheating yourself. It's, it's awesome. It, it's a great place. Um, but we headed up to the area and uh, on the invite of Sam Sodersky, who works for me part-time, and, and we got out, and we got a late start because, well, getting a, getting a second grader put together for an ice fishing trip, and for me, knocking the cobwebs off all my gear took longer than expected, but that's fine because it's so important to properly equip yourself to take a youth out to any outdoor activity because comfort and detail is is really important. And I thought I'd done a really good job. We made sure that we had snacks. We made sure that we had drinks. Um, we, I, I always make sure I bring a shelter along and make sure we are you know, properly clothed and, and just the stuff to keep him comfortable. One thing is I always take an underwater camera when, when ice fishing with novices or youth because that's a great thing to help keep them occupied and interested. And one of the other things that I always make sure I try to do too is is run tip ups, you know, when the season allows and in big game fish was still open. So we ran tip ups and uh, we're putting just fat heads on them. So even when you know, like the kids not interested or focused on jigging or is maybe lollygagging around, we still have, you know, fish catching opportunities. But uh, one of the things is we had high skies, high pressure, bright sun, which is awesome for enjoying outdoor activities, but can a lot of times hamper the quality of the bite. And that makes, you know, like for bluegills, for example, your low light conditions of dawn and dusk the best times. And we were just fishing uh, the middle of the day, so we missed out on, on that high quality bite. But to our luck, uh, we were catching a bunch of small, as in like 10, 12 inch largemouth, and that was keeping chase really interested and, and having fun with that. And it was cool to teach him how to operate a tip up. And I was getting a lot of joy of that where he's starting to take and handle everything by himself. And it was just a lot of fun. He was catching fish by himself, jigging without me there. So it was just, it was really great. And uh, the weather was beautiful. It was just a really fun time in nature with, with, with my son. And 
I see a flag go up and I'm like, hey, buddy, go ahead and go, go get that one. It's your turn. And I kind of stayed back to watch him do it by himself. And I was admiring what a good job he was doing. Just proud dad moment, taking a couple of pictures to show my wife. And then he looks down the hole and I could see he was struggling a little bit. But, you know, with a kid you don't know. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm like, what, you got a big one? He's like, yeah. Well, when you go from catching like 10, 11, 12 inches, you would think that a 16 or 17 inch, you know, fish would warrant a response like that out of an eight-year-old. And uh, all of a sudden, the head comes out of this six-inch hole and I hit the panic button because it's a mega. <laughs> and I grab the thing and I pull it out and it like squeaks out of the hole and, and, my, and my son caught an absolute toad. And, and to speak relative, like in Wisconsin, one thing we have to understand is like our state record's like 11 pounds. So a six pounder in Wisconsin is probably the equivalent of a 10 pounder in, in places like Florida or Texas or, you know, Kentucky Lake, things, things like that. I mean, a six pounder is a mega here. And especially on ice fishing tackle, it's just a cool experience. And I've been fortunate enough to have caught a lot of big largemouth bass in Wisconsin, and it's probably still, by my opinion, one of the most underrated largemouth states in the country. Because we have so many bodies of water that have so many three to four pounders in it. And when you look at our average size compared into like a lot of the males, even like a place like Okeechobee, we think that every bass is eight pounds there, but you watch Bass Pro Tour, FLW, you know, BASS, yes, they're catching eights, but they, I think a lot of those anglers would absolutely love to have, excuse me, the average quality fish that we have in Wisconsin. We don't have the top end, but our average is awesome. And the population is also super high too. So it, it's a great place to be a largemouth fisherman. And I was super excited and we celebrated and the kid kind of panicked a little bit because he's like, I don't want to touch that. It, it startled him because that head was so big uh, coming out of the hole, which was pretty funny. But we got some great photos. It was a great memory. Uh, we had some bald eagles that were coming down and, and grabbing some of the some of our bluegills off the ice, which was just you could just see it split my kid's head open of just awesome natural wonder. I mean, just just I. I I'll grow an old man and cherish this as of many of the moments that we've spent in the outdoors. It was just, it was a perfect day. But I couldn't help but wonder, because when I was a senior in high school, I had caught a, a big largemouth like that too on rod and reel with like two pound test line. And I wasn't sure if there was line class records specific to ice fishing like there are for um, summer fishing. So I got a record book. This was back you know, like I said, a senior in high school and looked and it turned out that the largemouth I caught was the ice fishing catch and release pole and line world record. So that was really neat for me as a teenager to have a largemouth world record. And it meant a lot and it really got me, you know, excited and, and it's been 20 years now. I've, I still hold that record. Some guys have tied me since then, but uh, I just, I cherish that as part of the things as a young guy to really cultivate and get me excited. And now I have my son here with this similar sized, big fat largemouth bass. And I said, man, I gotta, I gotta look. I, I'm just curious. Well, lo and behold, I look and my son now has the ice fishing tip up catch and release world record. So father and son, we have both of the catch and release largemouth records for the ice fishing division. And I couldn't be more excited about that.
proud? I wouldn't say that because, you know, truth be told, luck is, is a huge part of fishing, but it's just, it's awesome to have that experience with my kid for us to have those certificates on the wall together and what that's going to mean to him and, and what it does from a mentorship standpoint and also from a promotional standpoint of the outdoors. So like my kid is like off the charts peacock proud. And just like when he shot his deer last year during the youth hunt, the first thing he does is goes to class and it's show and tell and it's discussion with his friends. And, and it's really good and important and positive to have young people talking to other young people about how awesome hunting and fishing is. It is the most important demographic that we have. It is our future. And we have to invest so much into making sure that we still have a voice, that we still have conservation, that we still have participation, that we still have quality, healthy ecosystems and fisheries and hunting opportunities. And the only way that that happens is through spending in the sporting goods, which comes from participation, which creates Pittman and Robertson tax, FET tax, which goes to solving the conservation, which really keeps a lot of the antis at bay. And I know that that goes kind of deep into the, you know, political, psychological part. But bottom line, if you love hunting and fishing, it is your responsibility. and It is my responsibility to do things to bring new people into the sport, to promote it, to cherish it, to be stewards of it, to be high quality represent, you know, representations of, of hunters and fishermen. We, we can't hold it all to ourselves. And, and I'm sorry, like I stump on that all the time, but it is like my primary, you know, like so high on my list. Like love God, be a good spouse, be a good parent and take care of our hunting and fishing heritage, like in that order. Like that for me is like, it's everything. It's, it's so important. And I am crazy, crazy, crazy passionate about it. But one of the things that I would encourage you guys to do is strongly consider getting a membership to the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame out of Hayward, Wisconsin. First of all, it's a really cool place. If you ever think about it, take a weekend, travel to it and go and, and show your kids and enjoy it in yourself and all of the history and heritage of our great sport. There's so much stuff from iconic anglers to, you know, uh, beginning of time equipment. It's, it's really, really uh, an awesome trip. We try to do that uh, every once in a while, and my, and my family always really enjoys that. But with the membership, you're going to get the record book. And one thing is if you look into the record book, what you'll find is a lot of gaps that make you giggle. Like when we're talking about line class world records – you know, there might be an open gap like 17-pound test line for yellow perch. So realistically, you could catch a 4-inch yellow perch and be a world record holder. Now, as an adult, kind of corny. What's not corny, though, is going out and specifically identifying those achievable opportunities and records and taking a kid out. Like, there isn't a kid on earth at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old that wouldn't just be thrilled to have that world record certificate for their four inch yellow perch. And it's funny, but it's also really cool because you're cultivating this excitement and you're in this passion and this love and this promotion of this sport. You know how cool it is just to have your kid go, I'm a world record fisherman and grow up to love fishing because of that extremely positive experience. I just, I think it's really cool. And, and I've probably been involved in at this point, a half a dozen, you know, line class world records as a fishing guide and, 
now as a, for myself and as a parent and stuff like that. And, and I just think that I'm going to put more focus into that because quite honestly, now that my son's got a world record, there's no reason that I can't find room in my boat for my son and his best friend. And then I can't help his best friend get that. I mean, it's, you know, in, in create this Cronenwetter, Wisconsin army of world record anglers or, you know, our whole Cub Scout group or our whole, you know, church youth group, like, why not? Because they're going to love it. They're going to cherish that. And I think building that positive response, positive experiences, you know, stacking up rocks, that thing to put on the wall to remind them of that awesome experience is really, really cool. And now is a really good time to do that because if you want to take a kid ice fishing, like now's the time. Uh, up in the Minocqua area, we've got uh, a lot of places where we've got a foot, 14 inches, a really good clean solid ice, easy travel, warm temperatures, and the fish are really biting. I went out uh, Monday morning, uh, just ran up quick. One thing that was nice, I didn't even need to bring my auger with me. I went to what we'd call a community spot, um, knowing that... Um, that there was a bunch of open holes because nothing was freezing because uh, of the nice temperatures. And I whole hopped around, caught a huge mess of nice crappies, uh, bluegills, got a few perch, got a few rock bass, and it was just an awesome morning. And I'm super grateful that I took the time to do that. And it just kind of dawned on me like, now's the best time. We're all so eager to get out and go summer fishing. And trust me, I know I miss my boat so bad. It hurts. It hurts so bad. And it'll come home soon. There's a lot of guys that are out now. But one of the things is we're so eager to get out and go walleye fishing on the river. But just like we're so eager to go get on the ice when there's a half an inch of ice, but like right now is the best time for ice fishing for panfish. The bite's only going to continue to get better and we can forgo the rush and the madness of like the Fox River into Pier. There's 300 boats right now because people are so eager to get out in the boat. But man, if you got an opportunity to go catch a mess of big crappies right now and have that bite be on fire and not have to drag a boat, like... It literally takes the minimal amount of equipment and effort. Maybe you're somebody that doesn't have a boat. Focus on ice fishing right now. It's a great opportunity. Um, you don't even need an auger right now. You can basically just take a rod, a jig, a box of wax worms, or some plastics and go catch fish right now. So if you have any questions, feel free on that. Like, as always, like, hey, I want to go do this. What equipment do I need? That's what Chase Outdoors is all about. That's what we're here for to help you. So feel free to go out, send us a message, and contact this. That is my stump for ice fishing. Thank you for listening to me. I ramble. But the next thing is to use, like we had discussed already, is open water fishing is here. And as though I'm trying to encourage people to go out and ice fish, the one thing is, is it's finally, if you can't contain yourself and you've got to get that boat out, the time has arrived. Uh, lots of opportunities, Mississippi River, the Fox River into Pier, in a few places, basically from Mosinee, Wisconsin, south along the Wisconsin River. Season is open and walleyes are biting. And we're seeing a lot of reports of guys, as always, catching a lot of fish. Right now, they're finding wintering schools of males, 
which are generally smaller, but they're very aggressive, and it's a great opportunity to get out in the boat. Look, especially on the river systems, for deep holes on outside bends of river channels and get up on the north side of that hole or the upstream side of that hole. Generally speaking, right now on the Wisconsin River, quarter ounce jigs and fathead combinations are what's going to get it done, as well as lindy rigs. Some rivers, like the Fox River, where maybe you have deeper water or higher current levels, you might need to get up into that 3.8 ounce or, in some cases, even half ounce. Uh, I know the Wolf River is open right now, too, and guys are catching them there. But that is generally the thing. That's going to change as things get warmer, and we're going to see more of a push towards other alternative options like crank crankbaits, lipless baits, uh, jigs and plastics combinations. But right now, keeping it slow and moving with live bait combinations is definitely going to be the best thing. Water temperatures are still in the mid to upper 30s, and we're still several, several weeks away from the peak of the spawn for the walleye fishing. But... It's a great, exciting time of year that eagerness is so high, especially too, it's like super easy to get excited about open water, especially after last weekend, the Bassmaster Classic was on. It's the like day three of the Classic is the one day a year where I take 100% control of the remote for the entire day. We are watching fishing. I mirror cast it off my laptop to the big screen. No arguments about nothing. No video games, no movies. It's fishing time. And it was a good classic. Hank Cherry won. We're going to talk about that next week, though. I've got uh, BASS Open Pro Cody Hayner coming on uh, to do the podcast. We're going to break into the bass fishing thing a little bit more at that time. He attended the classic, um, working the boost with companies like Lake X and St. Croix. And we're going to go into that some, too. The other thing to keep in mind about this time of year is turkey season is around the corner. And I am super excited to get what I believe is going to be my best year hunting ever kicked off. And I am super enthusiastic. Turkey population is strong. We had 40% of our state's corn crop still standing throughout the winter. There's plenty of areas where the birds had tons of food accessible to them. We didn't have the worst winter ever of all time. So I think the mortality rate is much lower than it has been in some of the previous years in some of those isolated areas where you saw everything get wiped out. Um, I think that we're going to have a very strong, healthy population of birds, and that's exciting. The snowpack is coming down quickly right now, which gives us a great opportunity for hopefully those youth hunts, mentor hunts in the first and second week being absolutely primo. For me personally, I'm expecting a really good hunt because we had such a good clover food plot on our property last year. I anticipate we'll have a food source for them early and often, and I can't wait. I've got my new bow. I got a Bowtech Revolt in sweet Woodlands camo. I've got that thing all tricked out, shooting great, and I can't wait to uh, use archery equipment out of the ground blind this year to shoot my first bird. And also, too, in Wisconsin, keep in mind we do have that mentor hunt. There's a lot of people that want to get kids into hunting. Turkey season is like the primo time to do mentorship. The idea of getting a kid out in some beautiful weather typically and getting involved in the fun of, of roosting gobblers and, and hearing gobbling and calling, it's so interactive and mobile. It's a really fun time to take a kid turkey hunting. The other thing too is if you're taking kids out now here in Wisconsin that we don't have the minimum age, make sure that you take a look at the Savage and Stevens uh, Model 401 single shot 410 shotgun. A 410 shotgun when combined with Federal's TSS ammunition is legitimately a super low recoil 
gun with turkey killing attitude out to 40 yards. It is the perfect youth starter gun in ammo combination to get a kid started on turkey hunting. And I highly suggest that making it a point to get a kid out this year. Also too, with all the leftover tags, generally starting for our area with the third season and going through the rest of the season means that you can have your hunt if you want to and still get kids out for the other seasons but great time um we're gonna break into that and probably do a little bit more we're talking about calling tactics and calling techniques coming forward but holy smokes exciting time of year we've got great ice fishing we've got summer fishing started we've got turkey hunting coming and it's tax return season, which means the opportunity for getting yourself into a new compound bow, gun, or fishing equipment is here. And that is always so exciting because what's better than new sporting goods equipment? I know I'm a bit partial because, well, we have Chase Outdoors. As far as new product going, there's all kinds of new things going on. we got some great archery targets. It's a great time to start shooting your archery equipment outdoors, stretching it out, and getting back to doing that 50 to 100-yard archery shooting, which is so much fun. And uh, it's just such an exciting time. But guys, as always, I thank you so much for joining me on Chase Outdoors, the podcast. I hope you guys take an opportunity to stop by the store and we can discuss some of these things in person or visit our website, chase-outdoors.com. As always, God bless you. Have a great luck on the water and the woods, and we'll talk to you next week.